always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. All right, almost eight minutes after seven o'clock, hour number two. It goes so quick. I get up on Saturday mornings and I love the thought of being with all of you, but I hate the thought of getting out of bed on Saturday mornings. I just lay there with my Great Dane and uh, it makes it hard to get up. But once I get here, we have so much fun, so energized and a lot of really good calls. Jesse calling about propagating a dogwood. John about a Persian silk tree. Ooh, that's fancy. And Kim in Clarksville, how to kill dollar weed or penny wart. So all of that coming up here just in a few minutes. So hang tight, guys. 404-872-0750. But now in studio with me, live in the flesh, Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Uh, so much better since you and John are here. Oh, well, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. So how many years with Pike Nursery? Uh, 30. Ah, oh, wow. Yeah. What What do you get? Do you get like a pen or a tote bag at 30 years? <laughs> Just, we're glad you're here. What time are you going to be here in the morning? <laughs> a pat on no, the back. No, I love it. 30 years is amazing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And so you're hopping right out of here to go do one of the free classes at uh, the West Cobb store today. Right. We're doing one on for beginning gardeners. So that ought to be fun. That's that always is. fun. I so. mean, just basics. What, like? How to plant the soils. Yeah, yeah. The, it's also good for people that are transplanted gardeners because, yeah. you know, coming from New England to mm-hmm. Georgia is, is, so is hard. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. That's going to be so cool. So there is still time, guys, to go on pikenursery.com and look up uh, classes and events and then just register. Just let them know you're coming. They try <laughs> to limit the number at each location so everybody can have some one-on-one time kind of sure. but i mean 10 20 people that's not out of the question no, for a, no, cl- a class to be that size not at all um oh no john hung up so you and i had talked off the air um or no jesse hung up about propagating a dogwood oh. so um jesse if you had to run i do want to let you know how to do that mickey and i talked about this um it's going to take some patience just with any tree or shrub most you can give it a go uh, at propagation. That's fine by taking a cutting. I think with the dogwood, your best luck is going to be in the spring when it's got new growth, and that's called softwood. So that branch is going to be a little bit flexible. But if you go hardwood, a branch that's a few years older, it's just going to snap a lot easier. Um, so you want to take a, a softwood cutting, something that's newer wood, and maybe make it. Uh, five inches three to five inch cutting leave a couple of leaves on there and make a clean cut too don't snap snap it off the tree but like i said just bend it make sure it's pliable it's flexible and that's going to be a good piece to take take a couple because trial and error mickey you know that i mean you don't just take one cutting and hope that's going to do it so maybe take four or five uh three to five inches long a couple of leaves on them and then tell us about mickey i mean the the really important steps too or what you do afterwards and how you take care of it you've got to have the right medium to plant it in and, and right. rooting hormone that's as right well. um the rooting hormone helps what i do when i'm and when i'm uh, seeing if it's the right way i bend it over my finger it bends and then it snaps and that tells you it's just right mm-hmm. and then i cut the i cut it at an angle so i have a lot of space and then i put it into the um, rooting hormone i forgot what the name of ours is called it's a little it's a little 
um, little jar, little bitty jar. You stick it in there, and then you put it in whatever you're going to plant it in. You can use, people use perlite or vermiculite, or you can use um, just potting soil as long as it's sterile. Yeah, new potting <laughs> soil, and you may want to add something to it, like that perlite or something, just so it drains well, because yeah, you don't want yeah. it to retain too much moisture. Right, and sometimes if I'll put mine in a, like in a bag or a Ziploc or something until it gets some... Also, if it has really big leaves on them, if you'll cut those leaves in half because there's not so much for it to to, you know, take care of. Yeah. So Mickey using a Ziploc bag, a a large maybe Uh gallon-sized Ziploc bag uh, placed over the top of the pot and the cutting, or even Walter using the uh, two-liter bottle, you know, and you just cut the very base. Cut the base off of the two-liter bottle and just put that. And the cool thing about the two-liter bottle, you keep the cap on there, but that keeps the humidity in just like a Ziploc bag. But as the cutting gets a little bit stronger, you control the humidity in that bottle by how much you tighten or loosen the cap. So when it starts to maybe show signs, yeah, when it starts to show signs of maybe a fungal disease or some of the leaves, the new growth is starting to turn black, it may be saying too humid. So you just open up that cap a little bit. And let some air in there, and that's going to help mm. the airflow. So that's kind of cool. That's kind of fun to do. Um, rooting hormone, good potting soil, a medium. And, I mean, maybe just we're talking four-inch pot, five-inch pot, oh, yeah, nothing too big. yeah, it doesn't take much because you're going to pot it up. Yeah. Also, if you'll take a, if you're using potting soil, if you'll take your finger and stick down in the potting soil first before you put the cutting in there, yeah. then it doesn't wake all the the rooting hormone off of it. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, just make sure it gets sunlight, like a bright window, but not direct sunlight. It needs a lot of sun. Rotate the pot from time to time. This is going to require patience because you're going to be doing this, you know, pretty much all summer long and get that thing ready. And hopefully if you do it in the spring, when is the best time to take a cutting, you've got all summer long. If it's time ready to plant in fall, you know, then it's a four or five month process. You don't want to plant it too soon. You don't want to plant anything that's really um, susceptible like that in the summertime. It's going to stress it out. It's going to be too hot. So fall is our favorite time to plant something new. So good luck, Jesse. I hope that works out. All right. Well, Mickey, you ready to off to the races here, huh? Right. Okay. Absolutely. All right. 404-872-0750. Kim calling from Clarksville. Hey there, Kim. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you, Ashley. We love listening to you, and I love um, driving in on Saturday morning to work listening. Thank you so much. Now, where are you going to work this morning? Northeast Georgia Med Center at the hospital. Oh, well, tell everybody we said good morning and thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for that. I sure will. Yeah, dollar weed. I bought this home a couple of years ago and noticed some of the weed, you know, just here and there. And all of a sudden, ivy, it has taken over my yard and grass. So I'd like to know how to kill it and I'd like to know how it is spreading, if, if it's a fungus or... Um, if, if you're touching it with the lawnmower blades and it's spreading like that, or is it just in the soil? Well, and is it in a spot that's maybe a lower-lying spot or a shady spot? Because it loves places that stay wet. Shade. Yes, it's in shade. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. So that sounds about right. And two, Mickey, with Kim's question, uh, dollar weed is also known as pennywort, and it's it's cute if it weren't so annoying right, it's a, right. a nice little round leaf almost like a lily pad but it's got scalloped edges there's dichondra and there's creeping charlie mm-hmm. which a lot of folks get those confused but dollar weed is a bigger leaf scalloped around the edges 
um, yeah, likes excessive moisture and all of that. So what you can do environmentally, Kim, to maybe raise the soil up a little bit, make sure it's not ponding or a shallow little spot that holds water. So mound that up with maybe more soil and then grass seed, eliminate some of the shade if you can. But then as far as chemical control, you've got an idea. Mickey. Yeah, there you could use a 2,4-D, something with 2,4-D in it. Um, there's We have several of them um, at work that you can use, but just look for something with 2,4-D, and that way it won't hurt your lawn unless you have fescue. Um, if you've got Bermuda or any of the others, you can, but you can use that, and it will, uh, it'll take care of it. And it can be um, dug out by hand yeah. if it's in a smaller spot, and then just, you know, like I said, reintroduce new soil to that spot. So that's going to be a little tricky, but um, look should for be a pro- manageable. I just thought the name of the product is Weed Beater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's a good one. It has it in there. I don't know, to Kim's question, though, how it spreads. That's interesting. I don't think it goes to seed. No, I think it probably is by roots. I don't know. I, yeah. I would think it does. So that's one of those weeds, too. Like, right now, I am fighting dove weed. I mean, dove weed, like, crazy in my landscape. And the stuff that I can't catch up to or that the mower doesn't catch does develop, like, a really pretty, delicate, almost heart-shaped blue flower. So that's cool. I mean, I like that. But I hate the weed. It's it's leafy-looking, and it's a lighter... <laughs> green than the grass so it sticks out like a sore thumb but uh dollar weed maybe one of those two kim were like when you hand pull what you can you have to get roots roots and all yeah Mm -hmm. if you just pull the stem out you've left the roots behind and it's just going to keep sprouting so man it's so rewarding when you pull a good weed like a dandelion or something you get the tap root and everything out with it it's like yes but so 2,4-D is the active ingredient, the main chemical. That's the type of herbicide to use. Weed beater, like Mickey said, that should do it. Plus, like I said, just improve the drainage in that area, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for the call, Kim. 404-872-0750. And uh, John from Stone Mountain called how a Persian silk tree would grow in the yard. Is. I don't know what I don't that know is. What so, a Persian silk tree. It so, must have another name. Yeah, we may take the break, John, yeah. and uh, and look that up because it sounds beautiful, <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? Does. Man, some of the trees, Mickey, this summer, uh, crepe myrtles were absolutely outstanding and absolutely. still are as far as the color. They're they're having a great year. But noticing the smoke trees, absolutely, and they're just so, so many pretty ones. So pretty. Golden yeah. rain tree. Golden rain tree was real pretty with those little pink yes. lantern pods that it gets. Um, so folks could really introduce a whole lot of new and different trees to oh, their sure. landscape. Absolutely, absolutely. Because if we get one call about Leland cypress, we get a thousand, and people are like, "Oh, my Leland's look sick," and I'm like, "Let's plant something else." Let's. let's. <laughs> it won't be long before we'll everybody will be talking about the Japanese maples because they're going to be bright, bright red. A lot of the blood goods and some of the big ones. Oh yeah, and, so and those are good for sale at Pike Nursery. Absolutely, and they're beautiful and they're I, tough and strong and yeah. they'll take sun or shade and they make a great small favorite. Uh, Shade tree. Now, okay. I want to, when we come back, talk about some of the problems folks encountered with their Japanese maples this summer and why it's okay to not be worried about it. So stick around for that. And your calls with Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery, 404-872-0750. We'll be right back. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. The weather update for the weekend brought to you by Finley Roofing. Every weekend I work. 
Saturday and Sunday's forecast are always like carbon copies of one another. So I don't know if the weather goes with the work week and then just decides to go spastic on Mondays. But Saturday and Sunday are the same. 30% chance of uh, isolated showers or storms, high of 88, low of 71. And that from Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz in this weekend for Christina Edwards. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right, Mickey Gasway is going to weigh in in just a second with a number three, but I'll give you the first two. Number one, September is the peak time for caterpillars, but look out for the stinging ones, like a saddleback caterpillar. Oh. It becomes, yeah, right? Ooh, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts. becomes a little more prevalent in the fall. Tussock moth, that is the caterpillar that's like a light yellow fuzzy, and he's got black tufts as well, but those tufts are like, Higher or taller than the yellow, a hickory horned devil. Love them. Gross. They I don't mean, hurt anything. But don't they look like something from like Chinese folklore? So like cool. it reminds me of those like float <laughs> lantern parade type things. That's what the hickory horned so devil cool. looks like. He's got a lot of horns. That's why he gets the name. I mean, look out for snakes too this time of year. They may be hiding in piles of debris where stuff has been accumulating over the summer. Use a long-handled hoe or rake to pull trash or stacks apart before you reach and bend down uh, for anything. Bags of soil that have been left unattended or mulch or something. Just be careful. Number two, want fertilized patio pots right now. Water-soluble high-nitrogen fertilizer is going to promote strong growth this fall if you overwintered any mums like I did. Uh, it's a good time to give them a little boost. Some of them are already opening and Every year, without fail, I reach out to Mickey every year. And I'm always like, when do I cut back my mums? And you always say, like, July. Fourth of July. And I always miss it. So now they're really leggy. They're never going to be that nice little perfectly shaped compact No, form because in the, they are actually treated with growth regulators. To make them to all. To make them like yeah, that. Yeah, so, so mine look leggy. Pretty. I didn't cut them in July, but they, they have flowers, yeah. Them. So what's your number three? What are you doing this weekend? I'm working on my vegetable garden. I'm cleaning out the summer vegetables, getting rid of all the, the, the vines. I've got most of the cucumbers gone, but getting I'll probably pull the tomato plants out because they're almost gone. And um, get ready to put in my fall vegetables. Now, in between. And I've started my um, other fall vegetables in um, flats from seeds. Some of those, I've already started those. And in between, you said you'll add maybe a compost or something to the right. soil. I use some mushroom compost and some uh, sometimes some cow manure in there just to fluff up the soil a little bit. Is there any formula to how much mushroom compost you know to add to a certain size bed maybe maybe an inch of it or something like that that's a good way to do it okay uh so when your cucumber vines started to wither like what happened my leaves just became yeah tiled yeah and i had an insect i had an insect a cucumber beetle on mine too okay but i just when they started they're not producing yeah if they don't produce they don't get to stay well and my leaves i don't even have enough leaves left on them to do anything productive so it's time to yank but i'm getting okra now Oh, I grew okra last year and yeah. failed. I got one, and it was just tough and gross. Yeah. It was real straw-like. Uh, so how long is that going? How long are you going to harvest the okra? Until as long as it, and I'm still getting the blooms. And you know, the, they have the pretty blooms. Yes, yeah, like a hibiscus and, flower. Yeah, yeah. And so I, but I pick them when they're real small. Okay, and then they taste bad. I like them. Same with the cucumbers too. Don't let them yeah. get too big. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Up next, when we return from the news, weather, and traffic, Susan and Decatur asking about the difference in butterflies. Love that question, and yours too. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Side. Caterpillar to a butterfly.
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Lots of resources for you here, even after the three hours wraps up of Green and Growing every Saturday morning. So I want you to follow me on Facebook. Green and Growing WSB is what you search, and there you are. You find the page. Like it, follow it. Uh, I did not post hardly at all this week, not going to lie. Uh, Mom had knee replacement surgery. Hi, Mom. And um, and so that just consumed my week. So I didn't post a lot, but I'm very good about posting things. So this morning posted a picture of me and Mickey Gasway and Walter Reeves because Mickey's in the studio with me from Pike Nursery. Her home base is the uh, Barrett Parkway store in West Cobb County. And just post a lot of helpful things, share other news and stuff from master gardener groups throughout Metro Atlanta and uh, also events and things like that. And And wanted to mention too, um, if you have time this morning and the weather's nice and things are starting to cool off, um, farmers markets are great to visit on Saturday mornings. Most oh, yeah. are open 9 a.m. to 1 ish. So you do have to go early in the day on Saturdays. But boy, the work that all those oh, yeah. farmers and mm-hmm. growers put into bringing things and honeys and different crafts to these farmers markets, it's fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I went to the one uh, on the Marietta Square, and most of them go from, let's say, April to November, right. summer mm-hmm. year-round, but that's going to be a little bit tougher to do. Um, but I guarantee in your local area, your your local little town or city, there's likely a farmer's market, and Saturday morning's the time to hit it up. Absolutely. Do a lot absolutely. of them have, like, uh, plants and different things, or most just— Some of them do. I know Marietta does. There's, uh, some okay. of them do. And you know who else has plants? Pike Nursery. Absolutely. And all of our listeners, they have plants because they call and ask about them all the time. That's right. That's right. uh, 404-872-0750 is the number. And also uh, the Green and Growing Events page. And there's a picture of me and Mickey there as well. Uh, But you go to wsbradio.com slash green and growing. So the website on wsbradio.com, green and growing. And then you scroll down to the bottom and you see events. And I, I, I like keeping up with that. That's fun. I like seeing different posts from uh, local garden groups, parks, nature centers, all that kind of stuff, and then share with you uh, what's going on. So uh, it's almost apple picking season. Speaking yeah, of farmer's markets wait. and stuff. Yeah, that's going to show up. And I have never, I'm embarrassed to admit, been up to like Ella J and all of that. What's the matter with you? I don't know. And I grew up here. Like how stupid is that? And I live in Cherokee County, so it's not oh, like no. it's far. You gotta go. Um, but so what I did for those of you who are maybe new to Atlanta or you've never done it either and you're like sheepishly like, yeah, I'm with Ashley. I've never gone. Um, I put up Georgia Agritourism's website so you can find a farm. Good. So it's you spell out Georgia dash. You have to have the hyphen. Mm-hmm. Georgia dash agritourism dot org. Right. And there you can click find a farm. Yeah. And you can find all the apple farms and you pick and then coming up the corn mazes and the pumpkin patches and stuff. Yeah. So this is by far my favorite time of year. But I'm going to have all of that stuff for you on the website, wsbradio.com slash green and growing. So back to calls. Love when you call. And Mickey has a lot more garden knowledge and experience than I do. She's only a few years older than me. Yeah. Um, But in in that short time, she has gained a lot (laughs) of experience. Yeah, just a couple. Um, So she can answer just about any question you throw at her. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we'll take grass questions and lawn questions, but that's not yeah. our strong suit. But okay. the good news for that, Mickey Gasway, in case you and John are wondering, uh, Clint Waltz. 
turfgrass specialist from University of Georgia, is going to be on in mid-October. Oh, okay. So that's when sure we listen. want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's when we want. Yeah, the, I know uh, all the basics. But know, now but... you had some uh, some wonderful fellas install a good zoysia lawn for you. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of my boys. And they did a great John job. And Josh, yeah, and it's still just going mm-hmm. strong, right? It looks great. It has been super. Got a little bit of nutgrass. But I've been working on that. I've been putting image on that. Yep, so image for nutgrass. I mean, right. it's literally That's in the what name. It's for. Yeah, yeah, but it looks great. That's awesome. And do you fertilize too? Yeah, and I put on a pre-emergent the 15th of September, mm-hmm. and that's so important to be sure and do that. And I just reached out <clears> to Clint yesterday, um, and, and now is not even too early. You, so you've got until mid-September, yep. Anytime before that, the earlier the better. Um, but like Mickey's saying, by September 15th or so, pre-emergent in your lawn is going to prevent poa annua and all the winter weeds. Winter weeds. And you. it has to be applied before the weed seed that's been in the soil forever germinates because right. once those start to germinate that's when the pre-emergent herbicide goes to work and just knocks it off at the knees right. as those weeds start to sprout so it's important to apply it early and it's fine the pre-emergent herbicide can be in the soil for one two three weeks as it's waiting right. for these weed seeds to germinate but that's how it's going to do its job so i'm glad you mentioned that and i'll be reminding folks because that's on my top three things to do in the landscape next Saturday. Good, so, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. good, good. All right, so we are going to jump out <clears throat> to the phones and go out to Decatur and say good morning to Susan. Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, y'all. How are you doing? We good. are just great. How are you? Great. I'm doing great. I had a question. I heard you talking this morning earlier, like around 6, about monarch butterflies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a giant jopi weed in my backyard Ooh, which i oh, like recommend yeah. people to attract butterflies Love it's it. beautiful and uh it has been covered up for the last maybe week and a half with these large yellow uh with black markings mm-hmm. butterflies i mean there's like 20 to 30 of them on them at, oh, a, on it at a time and it's hard to get a picture because they're moving all the time yeah but I wanted to know, these are not monarchs, right? No. Monarchs are orange. Right. Um, and so these, these are swallowtails. The, these are swallowtails. Yeah, the Easter ti- Eastern right. tiger swallowtail. You're absolutely right. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. given that name okay. with almost like tiger-like stripes, yes. but yellow instead right. of orange. And the cool thing, right. if you could get close enough, Susan, which I know it's hard to do, but the cool thing about the eastern tiger swallowtail, when you look at the top of its wings, like closest to its mm-hmm. head, it's got four parallel black stripes on right. either side. Right. Um, yeah. So when it lands, you can see that. And they've got some blue. All of the swallowtails the, are going to have some blue. The females have the blue on the bottom okay. of the right. of wing, and then they have the two little And then some of them are tails black, that aren't they? Down. And they love... Yeah, the tails are black, right. Joe pie is good, like you said. Milkweed is good for all caterpillars, and then lilac, among others that uh, the eastern tiger swallowtail likes. And I so think good. they like fennel. And, I think parsley. that's one of the parsley and fennel, mm-hmm. I think, is one of their favorites. Yeah. And I have one last question. Sure. Um, I usually don't cut the Joe Pye weed back in the fall, you know, when it starts to go. Um, is that a good idea to keep the – are they still have laying eggs and having caterpillars on there? Are you seeing any caterpillars on the Joe Pye weed? No, not I, yet. I'm not sure that that's a larvae food. It may be, but I'm not sure that it is. I think it's more of a just a nectar food than it is a larvae okay. food. So okay. just leave, I'm not sure if that leave it or cut it back. What I would, would leave it. Oh, okay. I would leave it. I would, yeah, I usually leave it till spring or yeah. you know. Okay. okay. 
Okay, y'all have been very helpful. Well, thank you, Susan. And, uh, pass, pass the Joe Pie weed thing oh, I because it. I, love, I it. love that plant. It's I a great plant. Yeah, for sure. Well, gosh, thank you for your observations and all of that, too. It's wonderful to really stop and take the time to notice the stuff that comes to our plants and what plants they like, the hummingbird activity, the deer activity. I mean, if you really just stop and go sit outside without your phone for 10 or 15 minutes and see. But then you're like, oh, I want a picture. I wish I'd brought my phone out here. So maybe maybe don't do that. Yeah, but no. I mean, Susan just really noticing the activity made her so happy. Now, when we were talking off the air um, about monarchs, Mickey, and they're orange and black, can't yep. miss them. Like that is the universal butterfly that everybody thinks of as a monarch. But there's an, also another orange and black one that looked similar. Viceroy looks almost exactly like it. But it just doesn't have as much black. It, it, well, it doesn't have the, the stripe around the outside with the white dots on it. That's how I tell it. Okay. But, but uh, like Susan saw anything with yellow and black, blue and black, more black than black. blue. More, yeah, black, as a yeah. swallowtail. Yeah. And did did you give the Latin name for that or was that something no, else? No, that I was didn't else do that about. one. Okay, so we don't need to know Latin names for butterflies. I couldn't. Oh, was <laughs> I the, oh yeah, it was the uh, mimosa. Yeah. So right. John called about an hour ago and and had to go before we got to him, but he was uh, calling about a Persian silk tree, and we kind of had to look that up. Yeah. Uh, in the break, because we were like, what? It's a fancy word for mimosa. mimosa. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're pretty. I mean, you know, if you look yeah. at mimosas, they're pretty. And I can remember climbing them when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but um, they are kind of invasive. They are them. invasive. Yeah. So we uh, don't want to promote mm. planting uh, mimosas. Just leave them where they're at and admire them. But yes. they smell so good. Mm-hmm. The, the pink tufts remind they're me pretty. of, like in the spring, uh, like a troll doll. Like the troll doll's oh, hair. Yeah. Like that's what <laughs> the pink tufts that. remind me of. And I still have some of those. Dude, troll really? dolls, yet yeah, with the little jewel yeah. in their belly. Yeah. I, I'm an only child. I saved all my toys. <laughs> like I have the most ridiculous. I have a Furby. And my oh husband's my like, can we please get rid of this stuff? I'm like, no. <laughs> John's covering his head over there. Not my husband, but Mickey's John. He's covering his head over there. Like, oh, what is wrong with her? But so, yeah, mimosas are great. Persian silk tree. Who knew? Um, and then there was some other, what other tree we were going to. I'm losing. In the break, we were going to talk about uh, not golden rain tree. We we're going to talk about something else too. I didn't want to. I didn't want to oh, let it sneak. Were you on. talking about Japanese maples? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I yes, knew there yes. was some other tree. So <clears> you were <throat> mentioning how colorful those are at Pike. Fall is the perfect time to plant them. Um, and a lot of folks notice when I tease ahead to stuff, I just totally lose track and I forget. So that's how I am today. But so I got a lot of calls and photos from all of you asking whether it was. They were starting to change color early, like in May, and that looked kind of odd. Uh, The tips of the branches, the whips, were starting to lose leaves. And also some of the leaves on maples had like a a burn around the edges, edges. right? Mm -hmm. So Norm Mitleider was on with me last week, Japanese maple expert and certified aesthetic pruner. And thank goodness he had the same answer to all three of those cases. It was just that summer heat. The heat, yeah. That's that dry, prolonged heat in June, and I've talked about it almost every Saturday because right. it has left its mark, and well, we're still and seeing the impacts. Also, the the dissected, uh, the ones with the lace leaf Japanese yeah. maple, if they're out in full sun, that that'll get them. It's too. tough. See, yeah, it shows that doesn't kill them. But they're not as happy as yeah. they would be in a little bit of shade. So with any other, you know, you don't have to take extra precautions with a maple. Just treat it like oh, you would any them. other tree. Love but them. 
keep them watered consistently when we go through those dry spells. Right. Like hopefully we won't have again between now and the end of the year. But you know, watering deeply at the base of the tree regularly, making right. sure they get the water they need. And I loved. I mean, Norm goes to pretty exquisite gardens throughout Metro Atlanta. Folks that have actually Japanese or Oriental gardens, but there is such a thing as like a shade cloth, and it looks kind of funny. But if you do it right, it's tastefully done. If you can anchor it to like neighboring trees or something, and there's just a fancy shade cloth that from time to time oh, you can. Well, dissect them sure. Yeah, that you can put over a Japanese maple and it'll just filter that full sun and you can take it down once summertime's over. But if you really want to protect a tree that you've invested a lot of time and money right. into, that's a good idea too. But and watering's the most basic and mulch. Right. And what do we not do with mulch? Don't pull it up on the the trunk. Everyone does that. Oh, I, I see professional it. landscape yeah, crews doing it. that, like trees planted in the median. And I'm like, what are you doing? I know doing? it. It drives me crazy. I mean, all that mulch is going to do up against the bark of that tree it's or the trunk. It. Yeah, I mean, moisture is like going to be in there. I always say it's kind of like under your skin when you have a Band-Aid. Yeah. It makes it soft and everything. Can yeah, moisture it. stays in there. Bugs are going to be yeah. more apt to go up against the base. So there, there's our, there's our soapbox. All right, well, coming up, we'll talk to Valerie <clears> in Powder <throat> Springs about planting on a slope and Joanne in Atlanta. Best time to pull up sweet potato vine and then what to do with mm. them. And hopefully you'll call 404-872-0750. It's time to take a break on WSB. All right, the update on the weekend weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. You'll have the complete forecast coming up from meteorologist Brad Nitz in just a minute. But today and tomorrow, 30% chance for isolated showers or storms, high of 88, low of 70. So we'll get back to calls in just a minute. Ooh, a question about a forsythia uh, planting on a slope and sweet potato vines. I like all of those very much. Um, but someone called a few minutes ago and couldn't hang on how to kill bamboo. And Mickey and I are like, well, don't plant it in the first place. Get a panda. Uh, but when you can't do those things, uh, John Gasway here with his mom, Mickey, you've had experience with this, John, and you really had some good advice on how to handle that. I have. It's it's very difficult to control it uh, with pesticides or anything mm-hmm. like that because it grows off the, the root runners. And so even if you kill a small plant, you may not be getting the mother plant. It's going to come right back. So a physical barrier is one of the best ways to control it. And the way we've done it is get a ditch witch. You're not going to want to do this by hand probably, but (laughs) a ditch witch, dig a 36 to 48 inch trench. And then you have to put some sort of physical barrier that that the roots can't penetrate, like a metal flashing or something like that. And then you can cover that back over so you're not looking at the trench all the time. But that'll stop it a little bit. Eventually, they're going to make their way under it or, you know, crawl up over the top of it or something like that. But it will control it uh, for the most part. Well, and honestly, I mean, that's wonderful advice. And I think that if you share a property line with somebody who, you know, don't blame them because it may have been there before they moved in. But if you can agree on that right at the property line, you know, if the neighbor will help you or if you're just moving in, but you got to do it yourself, it is worth the time and the money. Trust me. To do that. And like you said, John, the trench has got to be at least three feet deep. Yeah, you would want to go at least that deep. And again, you know, you may think you can get out there with a trench and shovel or something and do it, but you can't. No. It's just (laughs) not going to happen. That would take you months to do. So, no, that's very good advice. And if you have a small amount of it, when you make a cut, just like with kudzu or English ivy, when you make a cut, that makes the plant more susceptible to like a glyphosate, like a Roundup product. So that's when you would spray with a herbicide. But I mean, it's going to take repeat applications. It's not going to get all the roots. So that's going to be tedious. It's best just to do this one chunk of work 
right up front, and then you'll be uh, very pleased with the results later. Okay, more of your calls, I promise. When we come back, stay tuned for Hour 3 of Green and Growing. <laughs> 